Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. I love when I have the opportunity to speak to authors. Um, I love listening to people's stories. I know that you do too, because it's through stories that we learn and we connect. We can see ourselves in others. And um, we have discussed mindfulness um, quite a few times on the show. We're intrigued. We're interested. People are talking about mindfulness. Why are people turning to mindfulness? How is it helping people? So Helen Nicholson um, has written, Helen is a a best-selling author. Um, She has written this book called How to Stay Sane in an Insane World. Um, And she's also a specialist in the area of mindfulness. Um, and, And we're looking at performance and how to use mindfulness in your everyday life and also within the workspace. Um, so that's what we're going to be focusing on this morning with, with Helen. Um, Helen, you're there. You've joined yes, us. Hi, Nikki. Fantastic. Hi, Helen. Welcome. Great to have you on the show today. Lovely to be here. So, Helen, you've had lots of experience in the corporate space um, and you've been looking at mindfulness and certainly introducing it in your personal life and, and looking at it within the, the corporate space as well. What made you decide to write a book when there are so many books out there at the moment about mindfulness, uh, mindfulness, how to stay sane in an insane world? Uh, uh, Helen, we, we, we're going to take a quick break and then you can answer that question after the break. Is that Okay. Perfect. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to the DL Link show. And this, of course, is the show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. The DL Link being around since 2010, founded by Michelle Goodman and Jackie Artsula. And um, we know um, what an incredible job they do within the community, providing a nurturing safe space where patients faced with cancer and their families can turn to for support. So every week, thanks to the DL Link, we have the opportunity to have extraordinary guests to share their stories, to share their expertise. And, uh, and we continue to do that with our next guest, Helen Nicholson, who's just written mindfulness how to stay sane in an insane world Helen just before the break I asked you you know what made you write this book there are lots of books out there what 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 do what do you have to say um, that you that you feel is an important message for people to read thanks Nikki so you know I've been involved in this work for probably about the last 15 years um, and as you said mainly in the corporate world so I'm an ex-accountant and um I also felt that our approach and my personal approach to mindfulness was probably a little bit different from a lot of the more traditional mindfulness approaches, which is that mindfulness equals meditation. So, you know, I have approached it much more holistically and seen it as, you know, mindfulness actually applies to every area of your life, from what you eat to how organized your home is, to how you organize your schedule and your diary to, you know, so so it, it really was that holistic approach that um, drove me to share my lessons. And then also, you know, I included deeply personal accounts of my kind of battle with burnout. Um, I've burnt out twice in my career. And the second time I kind of almost had a near-death experience. And, you know, when you read some of the books on mindfulness or, you know, kind of where people have had wake-up calls, often there is a kind of an adjacent health 
uh, crisis that often precipitates this. Mm-hmm. You know, Ariana Huffington in her Thrive book, you know, she fell um, kind of and hit her head on the floor. I literally ended up kind of splayed naked in the Drakensberg, you know, um, have, suffering from anaphylactic shock because I wasn't taking care of myself. Sure. So, wow. So, so Helen, within that context of you looking and bringing mindfulness to people, as you said, not mindfulness equals meditation, but mindfulness looking at the holistic picture, you, you, you're, you know, you've shared your story. How would you then explain to our audience what, within that context, what is mindfulness? So you said it's the way you, you live your everyday life, but maybe, maybe go into a little bit more detail if you don't mind. So, I mean, there there are many definitions, but I think one of the one that resonates the most with me and is my favorite is to say true mindfulness is when you bring your brain and your body into the same place at the same time. And, you know, that sounds so... It sounds so easy and it sounds so obvious, but, um, you know, it's so interesting. And I think especially over the last two years with COVID where, you know, so much has happened online, we literally have been um, molded to multitask and to do, you know, we're always doing five things at the same time. And to realize that it actually is not good for our brain and it actually doesn't make us happy. Um, so whether you're a woman or a man, you know, there's lots of kind of um, humorous stuff out there that women are better multitaskers than men. And it turns out, you know, from the brain research that actually no one can multitask. So, you know, I think that that is an important kind of thing to keep at the back of your mind when you're thinking about um, anything that is mindful, because, it, you know, it's that intentionality. And, you know, I shared a story in the, in the book about I have identical twin daughters who are now 25. And when they were eight, I had forgotten about the tooth fairy. And I'd I've forgotten about the, being the, obviously me as their mom, I was the tooth fairy and I'd forgotten to put money in their shoes or their slippers, you know, four nights in a row. And I think that, you know, it's only when you've had children and I think children are a great reminder of, um, you know, how the importance of being mindful because suddenly your children are eight and then suddenly they're 25. And if you don't actually pay attention to that journey, then you miss out on so much. Yeah, miss out on huge chunks. But I love that, the mind and the body coming together, bringing your awareness to mind and body. Do you think, um, Helen, because you talk about stress, do you think that that's why we're so stressed? Because there is this disconnect, because we're multitasking, because we're somewhere else, you know, we're not there in the moment where mind and body is one. Do you think that's why there's so much stress around? I think it's definitely one of the reasons. Um, I think what I'm picking up a lot and, you know, the the research in the book emphasize this, and I'm sure you see it on your show all the time, is the rising levels of people's anxiety, and especially amongst young people. And there's no doubt that cell phone adoption and the rise of anxiety amongst young people, the the, uh, the stats track, like, uh, literally, uh, you know, parallel to each other. So, um, you know, I think that tech and us being yanked around uh, you know, in terms of our attention all the time, I think that combination is has been quite lethal in terms of, uh, you know, our, our brain, because our brain doesn't like it, actually. Our brain likes to do one thing well at a time that makes us happy and it actually makes us more productive. And this technology is not going away. So we, I suppose we have to find a way of living with it and living around it and 
you know, managing it. Um, you talk about stress not being bad. So, so much of the literature warns us about how many people are dying of stress. I mean, the World Health Organization has said that stress is the 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 the, 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 the huge uh, epidemic of the 20th century and 21st century. And so what do you have to say about um, stress not being that bad? Well, stress often pushes us to a high performance state. So if you think, you know, you've got an exam tomorrow or you've got an important presentation or you've got something important to do, then stress and your your kind of rising levels of adrenaline and cortisol are there to, to actually serve you. Yeah. The problem is we're not designed to be stressed all the time. And, and that actually is the problem. So in, in an ideal world, our stress and recovery kind of um, cycles would oscillate during the day. So in other words, you'd have a meeting and then you'd have a, a kind of five minute break. And then, you know, you'd have another meeting and a five minute break. And I speak about Ivan Lendl in the book. Anyone who's over 40, they may remember him as a world famous tennis player. And Harvard Business Review, when they studied Ivan Lendl's performance, because they wanted to find out why did he have the sustained high level of performance that no tennis player had ever been able to achieve. And they noticed that in between each shot, he took a slightly longer recovery period. And he was actually unaware of it. It was only when they pointed it out to him. They said, you know, he played with his racket strings or he'd bang his racket against his um, his kind of shoe. Yes. And so he would raise his, you know, adrenaline and cortisol during the serve, but then plunge it right down in between the shots. And that is actually a perfect metaphor for how we should manage stress and recovery. Because the stress is not the problem if we are balancing it with equal recovery. And, and that problem is we're not. Great, Helen. We're going to take a break. After the break, let's let's talk about how mindfulness can help us um, with that recovery in between those moments of stress. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. So we're finding out how to stay sane in an insane world. Mindfulness. Helen Nicholson um, is joining us today. She's a best-selling author. She's an expert in the field of mindfulness. And we're looking at mindfulness holistically, um, looking at performance, looking at stress. Just before the break, um, Helen spoke about stress being, you know, very important if we want to be able to perform. But it's the managing the, uh, of the stress through introducing periods of recovery, the importance of recovery in between these stressful bursts or stages or episodes throughout the day. So, so Helen, I hope I described that correctly. Um, let's talk about how mindfulness, we've got a few minutes left, how mindfulness, how we can use mindfulness um, to recover um, in between those stressful periods. So, Nikki, I love words. So I've used a metaphor of imagining your day as a sentence. And then you've got to think mindfully, what is your full stop at the end of the day? In other words, something that you do, some ritual or some activity. So for me, it's I have a bath. It kind of pops five, five, six o'clock. So I'm that girl in my pajamas at that time. And But that marks the end of my working day. And I'm switching gears. And then I'll sit down with my husband on the couch. And that is our full stop. Um, I've extended the metaphor to say, if you imagine your paragraph as a week, um, how do you recover on the weekend? And people who have Sabbaths is a beautiful um, illustration of that. You know, in other words, you have some kind of digital detox. And um, so I find that generally people are quite good at weekend recovery. But um, 
I'd, if you extended the metaphor to say, if you imagine your chapter of your book as a month, do you have a monthly ritual in place to recover? And, um, you know, something positive, because often the only way we know we're about to move today from March to April is that there'll be debit orders going off our account, which is not exactly a celebration kind of occurrence. So something that you put in your schedule every month to celebrate. And for me, it's a, either a facial or massage I go for once on the last or first Friday of every, every month. And then to challenge the paradigm of traditional holidays. You know, I think that if you imagine your book as your year, we need more holidays than kind of one annual holiday. Tiny little three-day breaks. That's the research has shown three days is the best um, kind of number of days. Two days is actually too short. And preferably to go somewhere in nature where there is no um, Wi-Fi or very bad cell signal. So, you know, it's what's your full stop at the end of your day? What's your weekly recovery? What's your monthly recovery? And what's your yearly recovery? Because weekends are actually just not enough. You've got to have those four things in place to actually mindfully perform in your year. So you, you talk about being really intentional about this. Don't wait for it to happen. Don't think, oh, I'm, I'm going to be mindful or I must do this. You actually, you say, take time out to plan these things, think about these things, and then make sure that you do them. And that's really important. These recovery periods are really, really important in, in being able to manage stress. Exactly. Because, you know, one of the, the theories or the themes of our business is that no one is coming to rescue you. No one's going to, you know, your body and you know, when you are feeling tired or you're feeling fatigued and that you actually need to take some time because unfortunately, and I mean, I think that's a lesson we've all learned really powerfully over the last two years. You know, our health, our health is a crystal ball that you just can't drop. Mm, yeah, it is. And, and that's where right at the beginning, I love the definition of mind and body coming together. Um, and if it's not, you don't know when you're feeling stressed. You don't know when you need to take the break. So it's bringing it all together, hence the holistic view of mindfulness. Um, just one last question before uh, we go very, very, very quickly. Sleep, um, is it very important also in managing stress? Sleep is your superpower. I, I would be a bad salesman if I didn't, uh, if I wasn't an author and running a <laughs> development company. It absolutely is. I mean, Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world, sleeps eight hours a night. And why? Because he knows it makes him more strategic. It makes you happier. It increases your immunity. I mean, the benefits are just profound. And, and unfortunately, so many people are battling with sleep at the moment. So, you know, I advocate Epsom salts bars before you go to bed and take slow release magnesium before you go to bed, because that definitely helps your body relax. And um, do you practice any meditation at all? Or is it really mm. just... No, I do. I, what I do is, and then this is a new ritual of mine. When I wake up in the morning, I don't switch on my phone. I drink a cup of rooibos tea and then I turn on Insight Timer. It's a silent meditation. Um, so do you just get a bell at the end? And I sit and I meditate for 15 minutes and then I'm allowed to switch on my phone. And I find that that kind of 30, 40 minutes bandwidth that I give myself in the morning, just it kind of allows me to gather myself for the day. And I'm a lot clearer and focused as a result of that. Fantastic. Helen, thank you. Thank you for those tips. I think incredibly valuable. Um, and just give us an idea of where people can get mindfulness, how to stay sane in an insane world. Thanks, Nikki. I mean, you can get it on Take A Lot and some of the exclusive books have got it as well. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for writing the book. Looking forward to getting a lot of people practicing mindfulness just as a way of life. So it's great having you on the show. Thanks, Nikki.
Thanks. Bye-bye. Helen Nicholson, Bye. uh, Mindfulness, How to Stay Sane in an Insane World Bestselling Author um, and an expert in the field. And yeah, just looking at the holistic um, way of dealing with mindfulness. Listen, I hope that you've enjoyed the show. I hope that you were inspired by Sarah. This, you know, going beyond have more fun. Oh my goodness, what would it be like without these confines, without all of those things? If you could just live the life, why do we have to wait for these extreme things to happen in our lives in order to wake up hope that kind of inspired you and then of course Helen with mindfulness and just a reminder to please visit the DR link website if you would like to help with it being with volunteering or with donating with donating money please do visit the website um, www.dllink.co.za they cannot do what they do without you From me, Nikki Severini, until next week, do take care, look after yourself, and goodbye.